This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council On Air comes to you 6pm Tuesdays here on OR 105.4 FM and 1575 AM. Join Lux, Valerie and their special guests to hear the latest from the Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council and celebrate unity through diversity. DMEC On Air, 6pm Tuesdays with podcasts available anytime from oar.org.nz, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Good evening and welcome to the DMEC Youth Radio Show. My name's Abby. And I'm Max. And we're back again with our youth podcast where we come on once a month and talk about different health issues and we just talk about them from a student's perspective and we like to focus on issues which disproportionately affect our ethnic groups in New Zealand. Um, We've recently done some podcasts on alcohol use and smoking so we thought that it would make sense for our next topic to be drug use. So this is a huge topic. Uh, Drugs is a really broad term, so it's any sort of medicine or other substance which has some sort of physiological effect when ingested or otherwise introduced into the body. So the common things we think of uh, are, are the illicit drugs like cocaine and heroin, as well as more legal drugs like your prescription medications like blood thinners and steroids as well as more benign sort of drugs like over, like over the counter medications like 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 paracetamol and then a bit more gray areas like alcohol nicotine and even caffeine all count as drugs so lots to cover today and we're going to try to focus on the more common recreational and generally illicit drugs like marijuana MDMA opioids and more So to start off with, what is our drug use like in New Zealand? Well, about half of all adult New Zealanders have used recreational drugs at some point, which probably isn't surprising. I think most grown-ups would admit to trying something at least once back in their heyday. Um, But it's actually quite hard to get an accurate picture of which illicit drugs people are using because they don't usually own up to it (laughs) very much. Um, But police seizures provide some insights, but you can imagine there's a lot that goes on that the police don't seize. Um, Cannabis is definitely the most frequently seized by a huge margin, and the amount that police are seizing has actually increased since 2017. Other illicit drugs are seized far less often, but one that's on the rise is MDMA, which has been going up over the last three years. Yeah, so that's some of the background about what's being used. And there's lots of reasons for drug use as well. So, of course, a lot of people use them for recreation, others for for spirituality, some for performance enhancement, peer pressure maybe, or to self-medicate for some physical or emotional pain. And it is important to note that most of the time there are no long-term negative effects from drug use. About four in five New Zealand adults who have used drugs over a year will report no harmful effects. But, as is quite important, some drug users, a significant amount of, of drug users, will get a large amount of harm 
And this could be injury and disease, it could be some social or financial harm, and even some legal problems. And that may not affect just that individual, but also the the whānau, the community, and everyone else around them. Yeah, and unfortunately, Māori and Pacifica and other people in low socioeconomic groups are the most likely to experience harm due to drug use and are the most likely to want help but not receive it, which is quite disheartening that there are people out there in New Zealand who, quite a large number of them as well, who want to have help with rehabilitation and turning their lives around but just don't get it. Yeah, and on a more economic scale, it, it's been found that drug-related harm costs other country about $1.9 billion each year. So even beyond the social issues, it's also a big economic problem as well. So why are drugs dangerous? There are several reasons. The most obvious is overdose. So this is a big problem where you take too much, and this is especially obvious with opioid drug use. And it's been estimated that around 40 deaths per year in New Zealand is reported for opioid drug use alone, and the real number is likely much higher. Yeah, and another big problem with drugs, which I'm sure we're all aware of, is that they are very addictive, and you can actually become dependent on them. This is because drugs cause the release of feel-good neurotransmitters, such as dopamine and serotonin, which we've talked about in the past, which actually causes our brains to seek that same release again, which tells us to, oh, do that again, do that again, keep taking that. That made us feel really good. And it can really quickly become out of control. Eventually, it can result in the brain needing drugs to function properly, as it can't, it stops being able to produce dopamine on its own, and other dopamine-stimulating activities just don't work anymore for the brain. So that's that dependency that we were talking about. And this goes hand-in-hand hand with drug tolerance as well. So it's pretty a common knowledge that you can get a really good effect from a small dose of a drug, but over time, that just won't cut it. It's the same with... With cigarettes, the same with alcohol. The same with coffee. Yeah, exactly. So so over time, you'll need to get more and more of a drug to get the same hit because less serotonin and dopamine is produced with each drug use. And this is pretty scary because when we talk about quitting drug use, it can actually get to a point where if you just quit cold turkey you could die because your brain is so dependent on these drugs. Yeah, and that's why it's really important to get help and get support, and we'll be talking more about that later on. So, of course, the classic thing with drug use is impaired function, and that can also be a big cause of mortality and injury. So drugs can induce a state of drunkenness or being high, which can lead to an impaired function when you drive, or when you operate machines, and when working. And it's not just injuries from 
kind of this high state which you need to be aware of there's actually a really high risk of infection which comes with lots of drug taking especially intravenously so there's higher risks of hepatitis a b and c and also unfortunately hiv so that's especially with things like heroin and other injectable drugs yeah, and those aren't caused by the opioids. Are they just associated with sharing needles, using dirty needles? And that's why these needle exchange programs are so important to try and reduce the rates of infection. And finally, another kind of little side effect of drug use is withdrawal, which is what happens when you stop using the drug as much as you were or stop using it altogether. And this is a really broad thing. Um, There's heaps of different types of symptoms, but generally it kind of includes sore muscles, nausea, vomiting, pain when in bright places, insomnia, and more. So it's pretty nasty stuff. Yeah, and that's why it's so important to get help when overcoming addiction. So for opioid addiction, for example, you can have some methadone as a medication to help you through your, your withdrawal symptoms. So now we've kind of gone over drug use in New Zealand as a bit of a background. We've talked about some different kind of states that you can get into with drug use, being high, withdrawal, dependency, all of those things. And now we want to go over some common drugs, which probably we've all heard of, um, and how they work, which probably a lot of people actually don't know. Yeah, so the first one is opioids. And this is quite interesting because it's one of the largest drug classes and quite common. And it's also derived from the opium poppy plant. So this drug class includes drugs like heroin and also prescription drugs. And both of these can be abused. And if you want to try and recognize them, they often end in ene, like morphine, codeine. And there are also other drugs like oxycodone and hydrocodone. There's also a synthetic opioid called fentanyl, which has been made to be incredibly potent, much more potent than morphine. And a fun little fact is, as Max mentioned, um, they're derived from the poppy plant. And if you eat too many poppy seeds, you can actually fail a drug test because of the trace levels of opioids in them. So... Don't eat too many bagels before you have a workplace drug test. (laughs) (laughs) So if you wanted to know how opioids work in the body at a biochemistry level, uh, they work through two different pathways in the brain. So one is the pain pathway, where the opioids can bind to the pathway and inhibit the brain's perception of pain. And this is why opioids are really powerful painkillers like morphine, codeine um, and that's why they're often used in palliative care like when people are suffering from cancer and things like that yeah exactly and the other pathway that that opioids work on is the reward pathway so so opioids are a powerful stimulator of dopamine and it can be released in huge amounts yeah and this is how what we were saying before um this is why drugs are addictive because they cause the release of dopamine and opioids especially are really good at that so that means they're really addictive (laughs) yeah so if you take an opioid you may feel very content you may feel quite well and once you come back down 
or you'll want to get back into that state, which is where the whole cycle of abuse and dependency can start. And they don't just um, produce these happy feelings. They also act on various other parts of the brain, producing other side effects like slowed breathing, constipation, which is a nice one, nausea, confusion, and drowsiness. So if you've ever been in hospital and given painkillers, like an opioid painkiller, you might have had a negative reaction and felt really sick, which is quite common. Um, and talking about the slowed breathing, that one's interesting because that's actually usually what kills most people who overdose is the slowed down breathing. They basically just stop breathing. The brain doesn't tell the lungs to breathe and they die. Yeah, so, so, so opioids can be a bit of a scary hard drug. But marijuana, for instance, is a bit more common and a bit more benign. Or so they say. <laughs> or so they say. So it's definitely much more common. About 15.3% of adults in New Zealand have used cannabis in the last year. And 4.5%, or about 75,000 adults, smoke cannabis monthly. And use is higher for Māori, young people, and, and those in less wealthy neighbourhoods. So the active ingredient in marijuana um, is called THC, which stands for tetrahydrocannabinol, if you were wondering. Um, and this works because we have receptors in our brain, in our spinal cord, and in our immune cells called CB1 or CB2, which respond to our naturally produced endocannabinoids, which are involved in things like pain relief and immune response. But when you smoke or ingest marijuana, it acts on these receptors and it acts as a dimmer switch, kind of turns the dial down a little bit, which affects how our cells communicate with one another. So pain relief, immune response, all those things kind of get dulled a little bit. Yeah, and this has really a wide range of effects. So it slows down brain function generally, it can alter perceptions and mood, uh, uh, it, it can disturb memory function, as well as your ability to learn and make good judgments. Uh, and then other more motor things, so so your psychomotor behaviour can change, you are at a risk of psychosis, your perception of time might change, and your coordination might be affected as well. And this is why they say it's really important not to smoke marijuana when your brain is still developing because lots of these effects can have long-term kind of implications when this drug is used at a younger age. Yeah, and there is a, a myth out there that that cannabis has no side effects, that you can't overdose on it, but, but that's not true. You you can get bad side effects like anxiety, delusions, hallucinations, panic, paranoia, and psychosis if you take too much. Yeah, I think we generally think of marijuana as just the chill drug. It kind of chills people out. It makes you quite mellow. But I think a lot of people would have a story about someone having too much and then shaking backwards and forwards in a bush somewhere or having a bad trip it, it definitely does happen and it's quite common <laughs> yeah so not quite as dangerous as an opioid but still not benign and one of the big um parts of research in marijuana is its relationship with schizophrenia 
and it has been found that long-term use of marijuana has been linked to a higher risk of schizophrenia, with things like mood swings, panic attacks, and lung problems also being implicated, although it's not quite clear how strong those relationships are. Um, Another really common misconception, which I think is really damaging when it comes to marijuana, is people seem to think that it's not addictive and that you can't get addictive, but it is a drug. It changes how you think and how you feel, so of course you can become addicted to it. If you can become addicted to coffee, you can become addicted to marijuana. So addiction is a thing with marijuana, although not to the extent of opioids, which we talked about being highly addictive. About 1 in 10 marijuana users get addicted, But this actually increases heaps if you start use in adolescence. So if you started smoking marijuana when you were a teenager, then it's about one in six people become addicted. So when you started, really makes a big difference. Yeah. And then once you're dependent, then if you stop taking marijuana, you can get withdrawal symptoms. So this can be things like irritability, insomnia, cravings, depression, restlessness, and more. Particularly in your sleep patterns, it can be really altered and quite unpleasant. And it's generally been found that if you stop taking it, or when you are dependent on marijuana, you start to get withdrawal within about 24 hours to 3 days. And then it peaks within a week, and then lasts for about 1 to 2 weeks but your sleep may not recover for about a month or so. Which is pretty hard if you're addicted and then you're trying to quit and you're suffering through all these withdrawal symptoms for like two weeks and you can't sleep normally for 30 days. It would get pretty hard, which is why, you know, education is really important here, letting people know that it will get better and, you know, you're halfway there, you're three quarters of the way there, just hang on in there. Yeah, and even if you do get through that about two-week window where it is quite bad, there have been some reports of post-acute withdrawal symptoms from anywhere from 12 months, 18 months, even two years after they've stopped taking a, a marijuana. So probably best not to start at all, or at least not get dependent. So we've talked about opioids and we've talked about marijuana and another drug class we wanted to go over are the amphetamines. Around 1% of the population has used amphetamines but because it's much more commonly used in prisons or in secure housing and places like that it can be quite hard to measure so we probably would expect the number to be a little bit higher as with most of these drugs. Yeah so amphetamines belong to a group called are stimulants and they generally just increase your brain activity in some way. So there are legal amphetamines uh, that, that can be prescribed for things like narcolepsy for sleep or ADHD and then, and then there are illegal amphetamines which are of course illegal and it can be a mix of drugs, binding agents, caffeine and sugar. And probably the most common one you will have heard of is MDMA also known as ecstasy, molly, all of those things. This is an illegal amphetamine. And there's also some other stimulants, and you might be thinking of one that sounds quite similar, which is methamphetamine, or meth. 
Now, this is a similar drug, but it's a bit different in how it acts, and it's a lot more potent. Um, as you probably know, meth is is one of the really scary ones. And this belongs to um, the stimulant class as well, along with other kind of hardcore drugs like cocaine, but they act a little bit differently to amphetamine, so we're not talking about those right now. Yeah, so going into the biochemistry of how amphetamines work, they sort of prompt the brain to release hormones and other chemicals. So you get lots of adrenaline, lots of dopamine, your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure goes up, and for a short period of time you can feel really alert and with a decreased amount of fatigue. So that's a big burst of energy, excitement, and then once that wears off there's a big come down with exhaustion, irritability, headaches, muscle twitching, depression, and more. And I think MDMA is kind of known as a bit of a party drug. And a lot of people always talk about the come downs and how horrible they are. And this is why these side effects um, happen when you, after you use this drug. And using more drugs to kind of overcome this come down is a pretty common thing to do because you use it, you feel great, you stop using it, you feel pretty rubbish. So you use it again. And this leads to a really vicious cycle of dependence, which is what we were talking about earlier. And it's really hard to break out of once you're into it. And if you're in it long term, there are lots of risks attached. So psychosis, mood swings, depression, even heart and kidney problems. They're all big risks for long term use of amphetamines. And once you stop using these drugs, the withdrawal kind of symptoms kick in really quickly with long-term use. And they tend to be a bit shorter than we talked about with cannabis, with them settling down after a week, with most symptoms disappearing after a month. And these symptoms we're talking about include aches and pains, tiredness, hunger, sleep problems, and lots more, of course. (laughs) And some therapies to help with withdrawal include detoxification, group therapy and support, and individual counselling as well is really important. And something that we wanted to touch on, particularly with amphetamines, is that you can never really be sure exactly what you're buying when you buy these drugs. Um, And this is something we see a lot with MDMA is there's another drug being sold as MDMA which is actually bath salts which you might have heard of so when you buy MDMA quite often you're not getting MDMA or you're getting a little bit of MDMA and a lot of bath salts so you can never really be sure and importantly bath salts aren't what they sound like it's not actually some crystals to put in your bath it's actually a huge mix of amphetamine, other derivatives, and, and many different drugs which have all the same risks with like hypertension, tachycardia, and various different things like seizures and arrhythmias that are all very risky and very scary. And an expert in the field has said, take all the bad attributes of ecstasy, PCP, LSD, cocaine, methamphetamine, And if you lump them all together, that's what you get with bath salts. So it's basically a really nasty cocktail. And the reason it crops up so much is it's really cheap to produce. So 
these dealers can make this stuff and rip you off because it's cost them hardly anything to produce and you're paying however much you're paying for your MDMA and you're getting this just horrible stuff in return and of course you don't know until you take it unless you take your drugs and get them tested which is something we are so lucky to be able to do in Aotearoa. Yeah, and New Zealand is the first country in the world to have it expl- to have it explicitly legal to have your drugs tested. You're not going to be arrested on site. It's legal, it's fine and very safe. And it's a free service for any recreational drugs. And the best way to find out where your closest one is is to go to Know Your Stuff NZ where you can find out where you can get any drugs tested. And some other resources include the Drug Foundation, the Needle Exchange, um, and ESR. And those are New Zealand's legal drug checking service providers. And we're really lucky because lots of other countries have services like this, but they're pretty limited in how they operate because it's kind of a legal grey area. But New Zealand made it explicitly legal, so it's amazing that we have these services and... I think anyone who has these drugs should definitely be getting them tested because it's free, it's risk-free, there's really no drawback. Yeah, so while it is controversial because some people do think it sort of promotes drug use, really I think it's not too out of the way to say it does keep people safe and it makes sure that if that that if a substance has been changed, then people know about it and they aren't going to have these physical mental and emotional harms if their substance is not what they would expect. So hopefully you've taken something away from today and this is kind of the final installment to our little trilogy where we've talked about smoking, we've talked about alcohol use and finally today we've talked about drug use and we've been pretty educational with it. We've talked you through how all these things work and the impacts they have but a common thread among them all has been that Māori and Pacifica are disproportionately affected by these issues. Yeah, so it's something to keep an eye on, something to work towards improving because it's been a common issue, a persistent issue, and it needs to be addressed. So that's our episode for today. I hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be coming back next month on the 27th, the 4th Tuesday, to talk to you again. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you have a lovely evening. We'll see you then. Great. Thank you. Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council on Air comes to you 6pm Tuesdays here on OR 105.4 FM and 1575 AM. Join Lux, Valerie and their special guests to hear the latest from the Dunedin Multi-Ethnic Council and celebrate unity through diversity. DMEC on Air, 6pm Tuesdays with podcasts available anytime from oar.org.nz, Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.